Hello, and welcome to Alpha Podflight, where every episode a guest joins me to talk about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. My name is Gareth A. Hopkins, and this time I'm joined by Phil Thomas. Hello there. Hi, Phil. Can you just um, introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, so I'm Phil. Um, I run the website alphaflight.net um, and the associated social media for it. All right, excellent. So um, what sort of history do you have with Alpha Flight? I'm guessing you know a fair bit, probably a lot more than I do, to be honest. Yeah, uh, to be honest, um, I didn't get into kind of American comics till quite late. So um, it must have been must have been about 14. Um, so it was when like a, a comic shop opened in our our local town yeah um so i think my first exposure to our flight would probably been one in like the x-men cartoon i didn't even realize <laughs> yeah fair enough who, um, who was it who which when was alpha flight in the cartoon i didn't watch the cartoon, um but. there was like one episode i think it's called repo man and it's basically like a toned down child-friendly version of the weapon x storyline uh, okay and the uh combined with the uncanny x-men 120 to 121 yes um, so I kind of got into comics around just after sort of the Age of Apocalypse storyline. Yeah. And I kind of uh, gravitated towards X-Men because of the cartoon. And then shortly after that, there were some kind of guest appearances in Wolverine. And then the second volume of Alpha Flight started up. Right. Um, and I think these were back in the days when listings weren't kind of up to date and the online you know, uh, previews, etc. weren't. Uh, as, as fast as they are now so um, I think Alpha Flight Volume 2 Issue 1 was supposed to come out so I went down to a shop to pick that up just as an Issue 1 yeah, um, yeah. and it had been delayed by a week <laughs> yeah okay that's went, familiar I went through the back issue bins and found Issue 1 of the first volume of Alpha Flight Yeah. Um, and I just loved it straight away um, just uh, obviously John Burns the kind of anti-teen the chaotic um I like the the combinations of the characters um, and just the way that, you know, at the very end, Puck kind of strolls in um, and after missing the entire fight and just his, his not to overuse the word, his banter with uh, Sasquatch. Yeah. And and from then, it's it's been like the last, what, 20, 30 years kind of collecting <clears throat> much everything they've been in since then. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, um, my history is even as much shorter than that so I've been reading comics on love since I was a teenager but I didn't really know anything at all about Alpha Flight until I picked up volume 2 of Alpha Flight Classic in the works because it was a fiver oh yeah, yeah and yeah. that was uh, probably a couple of years ago now um, but yeah I, it, I read the first issue of that uh, sorry I read the first bit of that which was Alpha Flight 9 uh, which I'll discuss in a separate podcast I don't need to talk about now but yeah okay. I was hooked from there because um, there's so much going on in the comic um, that, like, under the surface of the standard superhero comic. Yeah, I was instantly in love. So I've, I've gradually been going back and picking up bits for myself since then. Uh, and then decided to do a podcast about it before I really knew enough to warrant <laughs> doing a podcast <laughs> about it. Um, all right, excellent. So um, what I will ask you to do now, then, is to... No. That's not what we're going to do. First of all, I will say which issue we're going to talk about. So if people have read the title of the podcast, they'll know this. Issue 26. Um, yep. the, uh, the the name of the episode is If at First You Don't Succeed, dot, dot, dot. Uh, John Byrne was a writer and penciler. 
Bob Wyacek was Inks. I, I think that's how you say yep. his name. Um, Andy Yankus as ever on colours. Rick Parker on lettering. Denny O'Neill was the editor, and Jim Shooter was the editor in chief. Um, right. So if you could give a synopsis of what happens in in this issue. Okay. Yep. So um, obviously 26. So a, a few issues previously, Guardian came back from the dead. Uh, so the team are kind of getting used to working with one another. Um, there's been some new additions to Alpha Flight that have graduated from the uh, beta programs. Yeah. Um, they get called to a shopping mall to deal with a team of villains um, that are calling themselves uh, Amiga Flight, which obviously raises some eyebrows amongst the team, um, stealing the older naming tradition. Uh, the team turn out to be members made up of former members of Beta and Gamma Flight, who um, they were kind of cameoed in the first issue. There was like a little uh, team box blurb sort of showing them, but not naming them. And that kind of fleshes them out a little bit more with their relationship to Puck and the team. Um, and then as we get towards uh, the end of the issue, it turns out that the team are being led by Guardian, who, uh, shock horror, is not Guardian. And then last page reveal is actually a robot. Oh, pesky robots. They turn up everywhere. Yes, exactly, you know. And with a nice bit of mirroring on the, on the issue is it starts off with robots as well. So you've yep. just got a, like, a little cameo fight with some not very well-designed robots. No, they're kind of clunky like the, uh, the, the Rogbot. Yeah, they look... Um, Rogbot, do you mean box? No, um, there's this robot that John Burns always um, always drawing. Um, I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly. but uh, I'm not sure it matters. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, because to me, they look like toys. Um so yeah, look like a toy line that never got made because it is maybe it's a bit too cheap and an ugly robot kind of thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and they even do like a uh, a snazzy little um, Voltron type form up, don't they? Yes, definitely some influence there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's broadly it. I mean, we could go um, into some of the, the ins and outs of who some of the characters are, but that probably come out so the next thing i guess is to ask you what you liked about this issue um, i just think that in in kind of the the way that obviously originally when burn and clement brought um alpha flight into uncanny x-men they were kind of like foils to the x-men so obviously you had shaman to fight storm and you had sasquatch to fight colossus and 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 with amiga flight it's kind of like that um so obviously you've got uh, Diamond Lil to fight off against Puck um, and then you've got Flashback to fight against Talisman um, so countering for these new members uh, and then obviously um, Wild Child's in there, I think Wild Child has become one of my favourite characters throughout the entire run and this is the first time that you see him It's not. Um, I think you have missed out because issue 12 and uh, yeah 12, 11 and 12 when Guardian cops it it's Omega Flight, which uh, have their hand in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you first see Wild Child, then, uh, and Diamond Lil, uh, Flashback, and... Oh, Box was there, but obviously... Not He's turned sides now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, you're seeing these characters for the second time, again, trying to do the same... But no, they're just as antagonists to Alpha Flight. Um, 
and then, oh, yeah, yeah. And then the... obviously with, with issue 12 obviously um, Talisman wasn't with them and Box was obviously I say on the opposite side yeah so and Sasquatch like... was with them um, yeah it, it's, it's sort of awkward to, and one of the things that I really like about Alpha Flight is that um, the lineup is really the same from issue to issue um, someone has either left or someone new has come in or someone who was there is entirely different to how they were before um so by the time we get to here, so we're issue 26, and Sasquatch has been introduced and has been kicked out of his body and into box. Um, so uh, through a mechanism which I'll, I'll come to in a, in a different episode. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like there's no point in worrying too much about spoilers, but at the same time you don't want to talk too much about a different comic, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So... Um, yeah, so Langowski is, is in the box robot. Um, uh, yeah, and so, but as I say, that's one of the things I really like about it. So you start off with um, North Star and Aurora as the twins, and then by the time you've got to here, their, their powers aren't in sync with each other anymore, and they're, they're yeah, separated. Which is, and, and, and there's a nice visual clue. She kind of changes her, her costume when she changes those powers and that identity. Yeah. So that- Obviously, before they've got the twin powers and the twin uniforms, but now they're totally separate individuals. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and obviously, um, uh, Guardian uh, gets kicked out pretty soon. Um, and yeah, there's there's no constant in it. Whereas something like X Men, you can be pretty sure that the same team is going to be in it, especially um, around the time that this was out. So when Claremont was writing it, it was the same team. Oh God! Gotcha. Long, 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 long time. time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's one of the reasons I like Alpha Fight, I think. Um, I think in, in the early issues, I say it's kind of like an anti-team, and there are there are issues where it's just focused on one person. Because obviously, in the first issue, they dissolve the team. Yeah. Um, so it takes like an, until the death of Guardian issue to bring them together again. Yeah, and all yeah, and they, none of them really like each other, um, apart from some who really like each other. <laughs> um, and they're not very nice people for the most part um at puck is all right uh, james and heather are all right um but then uh, north star is arrogant aurora is is flighty um uh, snowbird i've mentioned in another podcast is really boring and <laughs> um <laughs> And she is really uh, she th- she thinks that she's better than everybody because she's she's part god, um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really which... the human thing down to a T. There's she. There's no empathy. There's no uh, understanding of tact. No, um, yeah, cause of, the, of the pod. So uh, I'm not really opening the curtain too far or letting people see behind the curtain. I should say. Yeah. There's no actual curtain to open, but um, the the podcast I've recorded previous to this was the Snowblind one, right? About yeah. Aurora, and we, we sort of discussed how unlikable she was in that. Um, <laughs> uh, was there anything else you particularly liked about this issue? Because um, you picked this one out because you wanted to do this one or twenty seven, but I couldn't find my copy of twenty seven, which made it impossible for me to cover. What is it you like about these two in particular? Um, I think obviously with with the end reveal, and it's like. Um, you know, issue 12 was a big death and, 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 you know, it was a big surprising death. And then afterwards you get to see kind of Heather just about built up by issue sort of 24. Yeah. She's started to come into her own, hasn't she? Yeah. And then obviously when her husband is 
back to life and she she finally sees like she could have the best of both worlds and it could could be evergreen again and then with this you get that that shocking reveal at the end yeah um and obviously it turns out to be delphine uh courtney um and obviously there's the links to all the, the issues back when she died yeah back when he died even yeah no and it is a nice bit because even i think the is it the cover to 27 is the same as the cover to I can't remember which cover is the same. Uh, I think it's uh, the one before issue 25 is kind of the mirror of issue 11. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it's an interesting way because um, I've discussed it elsewhere, but I think, and you might know better than I, I do, but I think John Byrne was getting a bit bored by this point. Um, yeah. And so was playing about and, and doing as much as he could with the form, um, So, which is why you get that mirroring, um, I, I think. Yeah, there's, there's, he's definitely kind of playing on the tropes, isn't he? And and it's kind of sour in reading it kind of now, sort of this far, you know, this far from when he originally read it, because all the interviews, he kind of says how much he hated doing it at the time. And yeah. um, he doesn't show in the work, I don't think, even to this day. No, I don't. And um, Ken in the previous issue mentioned that. So I said I, I didn't think I thought John was in it for the money. And he said, but there's a lot of love that goes into these comics. Um, they've been done it's not just someone cranking out pages it's someone who actually cares about what he's doing yeah yeah I mean you know his name is is synonymous with the team you can't really you know you say Alpha Flight and obviously his original team comes to comes to mind and they've tried doing several sort of relaunches that have never really stuck because they don't seem to have those you know the the original characters a spark yeah and I think because um, I haven't read a lot past Burns' run, um, but from what I can tell, they don't quite get so they don't like so. For instance, Bill Mantlo's run. Um, I love the comics and I love what he does with the plots and I love how he extends the characters. But there is a bit missing in how he he doesn't get the core of the characters quite right. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so he tries to go a different. Um a different tact with it and obviously he goes down like the horror route with it but yeah. um, I'd say there is that initial heart or spark that's missing yeah because um, even with these characters being as dislikable as they are and they're not they're not radically dislikable they're not terrible people but um, so with the X-Men uh, Claremont gives you reasons to like each of the characters whereas yeah. in Alpha Flight you don't get that really um, as, as well, that's my opinion. Um, uh, where was I going with that? Uh, but yeah, there's there's something about them which is still you still enjoy reading. There's yeah, there's, there's a, there's a there's, flesh to them. There's a humanity to them. They're, they're fallible. They make these they make these mistakes. They do these things. You know, the recognisable traits that we have: the arrogancy, the you know, the flirting, etc. Yeah. Um, okay. Was there anything about this? issue in particular that you weren't too keen on i think it's it's hard to, to look at it looking at looking at that now um obviously we're kind of used to a lot of hyper detail in in the artwork these days which isn't all necessarily a good thing but there's a lot of kind of panels of just block colors and there's no backgrounds and that sort of thing yeah um but i don't know again if that's a timing thing i think it is i think it's um economy um, uh, and again this is something that I've mentioned before so it'll probably come up quite a lot is that Byrne has a tendency to uh, draw one or two panels on a page with a background and then 
not do a background for the rest of the panels. Yeah, because I mean, uh, and it's I mean, backgrounds aren't necessary to tell a story, and comics is a storytelling medium. Um, so I I quite like it actually. Um, but I think there's some there are some pages where it works, and there are some pages where it it kind of doesn't. I mean, the ones towards the end where there's a lot of sort of white space, but then obviously there's ones where it goes from a sort of bright red to a bright blue. Um, and sometimes they, just, they don't just quite hit the mark, but I suppose, as you say, he was he was writing and drawing Fantastic Four at this time, and that's right, yeah. There's you know certain little liabilities that you've got to take for artistic license. Yeah, I think one thing about this issue compared to some of the early ones is that um, the layouts and the things he's drawing are much more straightforward. Um, the story's still there, and the characters still there, and the writing's still there, but in terms of the artwork. Everything there's no there's not as much flair to it as maybe there is in earlier issues, um, and that could just be my eye. But he, he does so for it, maybe it's just because he's chosen to set it in a in a shopping mall where there's not yeah. a lot there's not yeah. a lot to make interest in. Flavor. I know obviously by this point, as you say, he was being inked by someone else. Yeah. Whereas in the, the the early sort of issues, he was inking himself. That's right, and it does make such a massive difference. Um, yeah. And you don't. Uh, the job of the inker isn't always fully appreciated, but it does make such a difference to how you read it, um, depending on who, who, who's inked it. Uh, and sort of other than like the the, the plot with Guardian, it doesn't. It, you can. I think. I think as you mentioned, you can tell he's kind of getting bored and running down towards the end of his run because it doesn't seem to be any further development with any of the other team members they just happen to be there that's right yeah um because uh, talisman doesn't do very much she says yeah. stuff like she she talks about her her grand role and that she's new but there's, she doesn't actually do very much um and shaman pulled a trick but again it's, you're right it's it, it, none of the characters are really pushed in any direction other than towards the plot reveal yeah um yeah it's a good point um what else is there in the comic? I mean, I've said about the the robots, the robot antagonist at the start, the sort of not very well designed, uh, cliche robot characters. Yeah, um, and, and that could be part of the you know the laziness of a speed drawing or, or economy, however we put it. Yeah, but there's something quite Kirby-ish about them at the same time. Um, so it's difficult to say. I know that I don't like them, but um, I can't say for sure whether or not that's because Byrne was being lazy or because he was trying something out which didn't quite work. Possibly, possibly. I mean, it, to me, it came across as obviously something that he didn't want to put too much design work into. But again, maybe yeah. the, you know, they were never going to be used again, were they? So Yeah, no. Well, the army's going to use them because they've uh, just passed their final test, haven't they? Ah. Sorry, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> um, all right, excellent. Um, right. We've blasted through that pretty quickly. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about in relation to this issue or Alpha Flight at all? Oh God, um, I say um, I think Wild Child in here is Burns. Wild Child was very different to kind of anyone else's that came later. Yeah, I mean here he's almost kind of a he's intelligent, but he's kind of creepy in a theatrical way as well. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good point, actually. It's worth talking about. Um, Burns' character designs, each character is very different physically to the other characters. Uh, and that's most obvious in Wildchild, who's skinny and 
and spiky and uh, yeah, really weird looking. Yeah, there's definitely kind of like grotesque. His, his face is quite thin at the cheeks, and he's he's you know he's not the kind of Wolverine clone that he later became. Yeah, most kind of Shakespearean elegance to the way he speaks. Yeah, and he, um, as you say, he is he's got that horrible smile combined with uh, the 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 fact that he's not got much of a nose and his eyes are too far apart, and he really looks alien. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's the same with the other characters. So Diamond Lil, although she's like uh, she's bigger than the other female characters, um, North Star is thin and lithe. Um, Shaman is athletic, but what um, what happens? As so I've read some of the much later ones in the nineties, and they're all the same height, and they've all got the same physique, yeah. apart from Puck. But even then, they just give him a muscle physique and then make him really short. Yeah, and I mean, especially with what Man- Manslo did with Puck and changed his origin story and messed yeah. that around a bit. Um, when I first read that, I I, re- I fell in love with it, and then the more I thought about it, the more I thought that's really stupid. That doesn't make, yeah. <laughs> doesn't make any sense to the character. Um, yeah. But I mean, and you know, uh, Heather's just kind of teetering on the brink of. She's still that kind of doting wife. She's not, you know, she hasn't put the suit on at this point. No. Um. And so it's just you know watching her. She obviously she's she's got stronger than because obviously in the first issue she's essentially like his his secretary, isn't she? Yeah, uh, and also his his seventeen year old wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the the creepy aspect that. Uh, but you know, in Marvel time, everyone kind of moves on and speeds up. And yeah. She's, you know, again later issues, she's pretty much the same age as him, isn't she? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you get Marvel time where people are either children, teenagers, or adults, and yeah, there's, there's in between. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and the other character who turns up in this, who I'll mention briefly, uh, is Flashback. And I, seeing him on the page, I don't understand his... I know what his power is, which is that he can call duplicates of himself from the future. Yeah. But I don't understand how it works. <laughs> I don't really like time travel stories anyway, because I always think there's some central paradox which kicks me out of it. But yeah. with him... Why didn't one of his future selves tell him that they're going to lose this fight? Or... Yeah, yeah. They they don't dwell too much on the time travel aspect of it. Um, yeah. But and and obviously the main one has an alternate costume to the rest of them, which doesn't make sense because at no point during this fight does he change his costume to match the costume that you would have to be wearing in the future. Yeah. So and I then, think none it's... of the others are any older than him either. It's. it's a... Stylistic choice to show obviously which one's the the, the main uh, thing, but I think yeah the timeline thing doesn't quite work unless no. they're like from like ten seconds in the future or something. But that's right. And I've got unless he's just decided that in like twenty years in the future they'll all just be standing by ready to be called forward. It I um have developed a very good ability to suspend disbelief and just get on with the story. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But flashback kicks me out of it every time because, um, yeah, he just doesn't make any sense. But I think out of all the characters in this run, he's one of the ones that, you know, you don't get to see much of him after these initial burn issues. Yeah. And maybe it's for that reason. Maybe other writers don't really know how to use him. 
There's, um, prob- there's probably an amazing time travel story in there where I don't know, maybe he falls in love or has children, and or it, there's probably a really good emotional time traveler's wife style story <laughs> in there, um, which you can't have because he's constantly got to be a baddie having a fight. Yeah, I mean, I know um, Scott Lobdell tried to bring him back in Volume Three, right? Um, but he tried to kind of play off in it for laughs, so it didn't quite work as well. Okay. Um, but you know, out of all the rest of these characters, obviously Diamond Leo and Wildchild go on to become heroes, and the rest of the team get fleshed out. But he's the kind of one, well, apart from maybe him and Smart Alec, that don't really have anything. Yeah. Because. Um, uh, I've read a bit of Smart Alec. What happened? Uh, I know that what happens to him in the burn run, um, and that uh, he comes back, uh, his body comes back. What happens to his actual brain? Uh, you know? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, he just goes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he goes in. He goes into Shaman's bag and goes mental. I think. Yeah. Um, because um, at some point, uh, Walter Langowski runs out in his body. Um, and a, like, yeah, but that, I'll, I'll cover that once I've, I've reread that, <laughs> rather than try and pull details out of my brain. Um, yeah, so yeah, a mega flight. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I think that's about it for the moment. Okay. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's nice to have someone who has some knowledge of Alpha Flight to discuss these comics with me because. Uh, um, I've learned a lot. <laughs> um, okay. Is there uh, where can people find you on the internet if they want to? And have you got anything that you want to plug? Um, so uh, the main website is www.alphaflight.net. Um, we're having some technical teething issues at the moment, but the majority of it is uh, operational. Um, we've got message boards, news articles, uh, cover galleries, issue reviews, etc. Um, so if you do want to you know, talk about Alpha Flight, we're always on that. Um, I'm on Twitter at AlphaFlight underscore net. Um, and I try and sort of retweet and follow along as you do. Um, that's about it from me. All right, perfect. If people want to find me, um, I am on Twitter as G-R-T-H-I-N-K, which is Gerthink, which is short for Gareth Inc. Um my name is Gareth A. Hopkins. My website is also gerthink.com um, and I have a store uh, uh, gerthink.bigcartel.com where you can go and buy my abstract comics including the novel stroke book stroke mess found forest floor uh, and also 683 um, and there's some prints uh, if you want to buy prints for people who like large pictures um, yeah, all right, that's it, I think. Thank you so much for coming on, Phil. Um, Thanks for coming. And uh, hopefully in the future we'll get you on to do another one. Yeah, um, I'll try not to burn through it. As well. <laughs> nice pun, if that was intentional. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and maybe we'll cover one of the later Mantlo ones or one of the annuals or something like that because yeah. there's, there's a lot in there to talk about. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Um, I hope you at home or on the train or wherever you are listening to this have enjoyed it and um, yeah we'll see you again for another alpha pod flight thank you very much goodbye Lord, 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 Lord.